0: to many around the globe. Transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensa Oterbill. Revelation. Inspiration. Interpretation. Illumination. Application. Get a deeper understanding of God's Word with God Has Spoken. A landmark teaching by Dr. Mensah Utterbil on how to relate to the Scriptures. When you're studying the Scripture, the most important and the most authoritative basis for interpretation is the life and words of Jesus Christ. We are Christians, not Davidians. We are not Jeremiahites. We are not Paulites. We are not Abrahamites, we are not Mosesites, we are Christians, we are named after Jesus. Get your copies of God Has Spoken by Dr. Mensah Otterbill, available in five-pack audio series. Contact Auto Bookshop Christ Temple now, 233-302-688-000 or email autobookshop at centralgospel.com. And now, today's word. What about Daniel? Daniel and Jeremiah and all of them. Look at Jeremiah and how he, was, he received the word of God. Jeremiah, his own testimony, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 7. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, "Ah Lord God, behold I cannot speak for I am a youth." But the Lord said to me, "Do not say I am a youth, for you shall do go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak." So what Jeremiah gave as prophecy was of God. That's why Jeremiah could tell Israel, "You're going to go into captivity." And at that time, everything is okay. But he says you're going to go into captivity. And you'll be there for 70 years. And after 70 years, God will bring you out. How could he know? I mean, at least you can say they will go into captivity and one day they will come out. But he says specifically 70 years. And 70 years, they are back. Daniel prophesies about kingdoms that will come later into this world. And this, those kingdoms came about. Daniel actually prophesied the names of kings in the future. And those kings were born and named those names. The Bible has so much prophecy in it that are fulfilled in it and fulfilled outside of it. Jesus talked about the destruction of the temple, that the temple will be destroyed. And yes, it was destroyed. Forty or so years after Jesus has spoken it, the temple of Jerusalem was destroyed and not one piece was left on top of each other, as Jesus said. When you look at the proof of all these people speaking about events in the future that they had no clue of knowing, you can safely conclude they were inspired. They were carried. They were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What about the New Testament, how can we say that those people were also inspired? The gospel writers the gospel writers who wrote about Jesus Christ, they didn't they weren't writing the words of Jesus while Jesus was speaking them how could they remember years later to write the right words Well, Jesus Christ himself said how that was going to happen in John chapter 14, verse 25 to 26. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you by the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So the moment the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John started writing the story of Jesus, All of a sudden, they remembered exactly what Jesus said. The words he used, the sentences he used, and the structure of the language he used. Because the Holy Spirit carried them and they put the words of Jesus Christ down. The one who wrote the most of the New Testament was a man who was not a disciple of Jesus in the days of Jesus. His name is Paul. How did Paul also receive what he wrote about? said he had a direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 1 verse 11 to 12. But I make known to you brethren that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man for I neither received it from man nor was taught it but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Paul says that after he was converted he spent time somewhere and Jesus spoke to him. Not only at his conversion but later gave him instruction on what he said. So the Bible says that these people were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And they started writing the mind of God. Now many times when they were writing, they didn't really fully know what it meant. First Peter says that some of them wished they had understood what they were writing about. When, G- when David is writing about the Messiah, he didn't fully understand what it meant, but he just wrote because the Holy Spirit carried him. That book you have in your hand, that, those words on your iPad, those words on your iPhone, they don't belong to Apple, they don't belong to Samsung, they don't belong to HTC. Those are the words of God. Breathe out by God. Breathe in by men of God who put the very thoughts of God into writing. And you have it in your pocket. You have it in your notebook. Don't devalue it. Because you will never hear anything bigger than those words. The most important words on this planet are not the Encyclopedia Americana or Encyclopedia Britannica or Wikipedia. The most profound words in all of human existence is not the words of Shakespeare or Chaucer. The most profound words are not the words of Plato or Socrates or or Aristotle. The most profound words are not what the newspapers are reporting every day. Those profound words are in those 66 books you call the Bible. This is God's special revelation to us. God breathes his mind to us. And we received his word. When you believe it, you haven't believed Paul. You haven't believed Moses. You haven't believed David. When you believe the word, you have believed the source who breathed it into them. You believe Jehovah himself. They were inspired of God. Oh, I love that. I love that. So, what is the Bible's theme? What is the theme? When you read the Bible, what is the main message that it is given? What's the sentence? And I've tried to give in one sentence the theme of the Bible. You'll find many things in the Bible, but this is what I believe is the main theme. The Bible is a progressive revelation of God's historical and redemptive relationship with man as he seeks to establish his kingdom with us. I'll break it down. When you look at the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, the most prominent thing you find is God wants to establish his kingdom with man. Let us make man in our image. Let him have dominion to... The kingdoms of, our, of the earth become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. Everything in the Bible is about kingdom. The teachings of Jesus is about God's kingdom and how it functions. In doing that, God had developed relationships with man historically and he's tried to redeem man and bring man to the point where man can function in that kingdom. That is the theme of the Bible. and anytime you read the Bible, you must see the kingdom in the Bible, because that is what the Bible is all about. God with us, God in us. God for us. That's what the Bible is all about. And so when you read the Bible and you, you have that theme, you see it running through every writer. Every writer, it's there. Although they spoke in different times and in different ways. The Bible is light. The Bible is light. It reveals God to us, it tells us about what God's will, God's way, God's word. We see his works. When we read the Bible, we understand who God is. Some like to see God in their own image. So they see God only in one, only one aspect of God. For some, God is only love. For others, God is only judgment. For others still, God is only a miracle worker. For still others, God is only wisdom. But when we read the Bible, we see that God is all these and much more. He gives life. He kills. He loves. He hates. He forgives. He judges. He lifts up. He puts down. He accepts. He rejects. He can do all of that depending on the relationship you have with him. And throughout the Bible, he uses various stories to tell us he can do all of these things. He's not just a nice, good God who likes everybody and doesn't want to harm everybody. Read your Bible well. He can take you out and bring you in at the same time. They show different ways in which God deals with us. So God's revelation in the Bible is, is a complete revelation of himself. So when you read the Bible, sometimes you see things and say, ah, but that's not what I think God is. What? Why is he saying they should kill that person? Well, he kills. Then you read, ah, but why does he give life? He gives life too. So why, why does he burn people? Sodom and Gomorrah, he burns. Oh, but why did he forgive Nineveh? He forgives. That's God. He's not you. And the sentence in the Bible is that this God, the creator, he can't be boxed into what you desire. He's bigger than what you desire. is himself all by himself without your help. And whether you define him or don't define him, he's still God and he'll remain God forever. The Bible is like... We see the fullness of God in the Bible. The Bible is also mirror. In the Bible, we see the mirror of man. It reveals our true nature, our desires, our thoughts, our actions. In the Bible, you see man in his fullness. God uses various forms of communication to show us the different conditions of the Bible. So in the Bible, you read about murder. You read about slavery. You read about rape. You read about war. You read about bloodshed. You read about adultery, betrayal, and such things. And then you also read about miracles and forgiveness and loyalty and faith and grace and salvation and new life and transformation. It's all there. One thing about the Bible is that if the human beings were really writing it by themselves, there are some stories which would not have made it. That Abraham was a liar, it wouldn't have been in the Bible. Because people who write about their heroes, they don't reveal the bad things about them, that the hero was a liar, that Peter denied Jesus, that disciples didn't believe he had resurrected, and they themselves are writing that they didn't believe. And men who in those days don't value women are writing that it was women who announced the resurrection and found that and the men didn't believe. If those men were writing it, they would say, eh, you know, the women thought he had risen, but we went and saw it the first. <laughs> but they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So they are writing stories. Sometimes it goes against them, but they have to write it. It is unlike any other historical writing of antiquity, where heroes are praised to the highest heavens and there is no fault in them. But Moses was a stammerer. The Bible records it. Moses himself writes about his weaknesses. And he's he's the one writing Exodus. And talking about his anger and his weaknesses and his fears and his insecurities. If, If it was modern day, if Moses was writing by himself, he would say, Oh, I was the best. Never talk about his weaknesses. But it's there. You wouldn't have seen that David committed adultery. They would have hidden that story. But it's there. The absolute truthfulness and nakedness in which it portrays the people God is using shows us they were not angels. They were just human beings. They had weaknesses. They had faults. But the Holy Spirit came upon them and God breathed out his word in them and they were carried by God as they put down the special revelation of God it's prophecies totally outstanding you can't find any document in all the human realms that has so much predictive record which accurately happens Look at the predictions about Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Over 300 prophecies from how he will be born, the town he will be born, to how he will die and the grave he will be put in. One man comes and fulfills all of that. And all the people who wrote this were writing this at various times over 1,600 years. And yet, they got it right. And Jesus came and fulfilled it. No human computer, no human brain, no human effort can anticipate that and accurately predict that. It has to be somebody bigger superintending so the whole writing. And his name is Jehovah. And the Bible says he inspired them, he breathed into them, and they received his word and transmitted his word to us. My time is up. I can't finish everything, but we'll continue next week.